Well, that is another series victory for your Detroit Tigers, this time at the hands of the St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, May 8th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. All righty. Well, another series victory for your Detroit Tigers. They take two of three from the St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend, they dropped the finale on Sunday in unbelievable fashion. I mean, I, I'm comfortable saying that that was in, un, unreal. That <laughs> was an implosion, uh, an implosion of epic proportion. No one's going to deny that. But that being said, vibes are still really high over here. If you're expecting me just because we lost on Sunday – and I know all the errors and, and it was sloppy baseball. I completely agree. We will get to that. Uh, but uh, it's really hard for me to just come into this show upset after talking about the entire weekend as a whole. This was a successful weekend. They took two of three and are now heading in to a very big series against the Cleveland Guardians, uh, who are right neck and neck with them for second place in the AL Central. Uh, that'll start on Monday. I I am thrilled with how the weekend went outside of the bottom of the sixth inning on Sunday. Like, literally, I'm not going to let one half inning of baseball completely derail the fact that we have won five of our last six. And in pa- a, over a week into May, our, our, what, three, four, four games out uh, of the division lead? Not, not going to let one half inning of, uh, of baseball ruin that. Okay, so still really good. I, I guess we can kind of start with Sunday just because that is obviously the, the odd game out of the bunch. Uh, the, the spot, the difference. Sunday, different. Uh, a big-time loss there to the Cards. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, three home runs. That's, uh, that's an MVP for a reason. He's really good at his job. And yeah, all three home run pitches were awful pitches. Like basically please hit a home run, Paul Goldschmidt. We we'd love to see you go yard here. Like all three of them dreadful pitches. So not whatever, but the, the biggest thing with Sunday was obviously the bottom of the sixth inning. And uh, they had, they were losing. And then the top of the sixth inning happened and they put up a five spot in the top of the sixth capped off by a Jake Rogers grand slam to put the team up two runs. And then the bottom of the six, it all completely just unraveled three errors in the inning, four errors on the day. Now, let me tell you why there's a couple reasons why I'm not letting that you're, you're not getting me coming onto the show and just absolutely losing my mind and screaming about how terrible the team is, which has happened a lot over the last two years we've been together. But this one this team has objectively, objectively been very good defensively this season. 
we just talked about it at the start of last week, right? Has been very, very solid defensively. One of the highest team outs above average, OAA, in the entire game of baseball, second or third, uh, pretty consistently over the last few weeks. They, they've maintained that positioning at the top of baseball defensively. Javi Baez, everybody can clown on him all he wants for the throwing errors. Those are absolutely justified. I'm not going to expect or plan on Javi Baez getting too many fielding errors. Like even last year, when he did have a boatload of throwing errors and had one of the highest error totals in the entire game of baseball, just all the heat you want to give him is justified. I'm not going to, I don't think we're going to see too many games in which Javi Baez completely just forgets how to field a baseball like that. And Nick Maton hasn't done that uh, again before today all year. He had a couple errors as well. So like, I, I understand it's frustrating and it was awful baseball. I, it was terrible baseball. Actually, I'm not denying that whatsoever. It was dreadful, but this team has been sound defensively and this bullpen has again, objectively been really good over the last three and a half, four weeks, right? So I'm willing to look at that half inning and go, you know what? It's an 162-game season. I think every team is probably going to have one game or one inning from Heck that just is awful, and we can chalk it up as that, one inning from Heck. All right. A fluke. It's not the norm. We go into into Cleveland, put it behind us, and we don't play like that ever again. I'm willing to do that. Now, this team has not earned the benefit of the doubt over the course of the last six years. But if there was ever a time in which they did, it would be when they were on a five-game win streak, they had the lead, They've still, even after the loss, won five of their last six. And since the Javi benching, which is when they were two and nine in Toronto, they are four games over 500. I think they're 13 and nine since the Javi benching. That's almost, we're approaching a month of that. That's not a tiny sample size. So. I'm willing to chalk it up as that. You obviously chalk it up to whatever you would like to, but that's where my head's at. I am far from angry, despite recording this on Sunday night. Beautiful day in Metro Detroit, by the way. Absolutely gorgeous. Probably the nicest day we've had all year. But I'm willing to chalk it up to that. And the rest of the show is going to be pretty positive vibes. Mm, Let's get one more out of the way, actually. Spencer Turnbull, demoted to AAA. Then the rest of the show will probably be positive vibes. We'll get all the the the, the bad stuff out of the way early, all the the frowns, and then all smiles in segments two and three. Okay, but Spencer Turnbull was demoted um, this weekend. He had another really rough start on Saturday. The team was able to overcome it to their credit, but that's we'll have that conversation later. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest. I'd be lying to you if I if I didn't say I was a little surprised. I wasn't shocked. It wasn't just like, oh my goodness, this is dumbfounding. I would never saw this coming. He's been terrible. But 
I was a little surprised because of this conversation we had last week. Who's really waiting in the wing? They chose Alex Fiedo. He pitched on Sunday, and he's going to stay with the team, and Turnbull's going to get option to AAA. So Fiedo is, in theory, going to take Turnbull's spot in the rotation. Um, I, It's frustrating because the, the stuff still looks good, uh, but the stuff has always looked good for Turnbull. And the fact of the matter is um, he's – having the same problems now that he did before the no-hitter. He had a good month or so, couple of months, in 2021 before the, or leading up to and surrounding, I guess, a little bit before and after, surrounding the no-hitter. But in 2019 and, and, and 2020, like this was, this was, Spencer Turnbull was, oh, look, he has such nasty stuff. Zero ability to consistently find the strike zone. And this year, he just has not had it. Like, uh, there's no denying that. He has not had any ability to fill up the strike zone. And especially with a team that is so oriented on pounding the strike zone. You know, the Tigers have pitching staff as a whole, starters and bullpen combined, have allowed like some of the fewest walks in the entire game of baseball. I think they're the second lowest. Unless that changed dramatically over the weekend, they are like a bottom three or four team in the entire sport in allowed walks as a whole. So like for a team that is desperately trying to make its identity strike zone domination, you can't have somebody in your rotation who every fifth day is a guaranteed like 90 pitches through four innings with two or three walks and and, and three or four runs against. So, he's going to go to AAA. It's not a DFA or anything. He's going to go to AAA. He has an option. uh, And he is going to work on his mechanics, try to get it figured out. And I can almost promise you he will be back in some capacity. Is that going to be as a reliever? Because, like, fact of the matter is he's 30. Or is he going to work it out? He proves that he can go deeper into games. Then he's going to come back in that capacity. I don't know. I can't predict the future, unfortunately, uh, but neither would shock me. They did it with Fulmer, right? Uh, so we'll, we'll see what the future holds for Turnbull. But uh, this is, while a little surprising to me, is certainly not undeserved. This this kind of, I, I agree with this. I, I agree with this move pretty wholeheartedly. And Saturday certainly was kind of the, the nail in the coffin in that regard. Um, okay, let's get uh, to the winning and what made this weekend great, and uh, some of the, the cool numbers and stats that come out of this weekend. This offense has actually been really, really solid of late, and we're going to highlight some of the reasons why on individual performances. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at eBay Motors. eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So, The next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know a part will fit or your money back. Because it's just like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. 
Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every single day. Tomorrow's show, we'll be recapping game one of the Cleveland Guardians series. That'll be uh, that'll be a doozy. I don't think we'll have time to really preview that one too much because this was a pretty jam-packed weekend. Uh, but very, very big weekend. Big weekend. was a big weekend. Very, very big series ahead of us against Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, wrapping up Turnbull, like that, again, kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word expected, but not shocking. Uh, really needed to, to step up in that regard. Like I said, it sounds like Fiedo will take his spot. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say there. So let's move to the offense, which this weekend was really solid. Really, really solid. Now, the Cardinals, again, are, are, have not been good. Do I care? No. We've been the punching bag for the last six years. We've been the team that 29 other ball clubs circle on their calendar and go, hey, winnable series coming up. And most of the time they've been right. So do I care how bad the Cardinals are? No. Do I care how bad the Mets have been lately? No, I don't. At all, actually. Like not even a little bit. To not be a team's get-right series is a fantastic feeling. So I I could care less. People wanted to throw that at the fan base. So, oh, like it's, you know, the Mets are awful lately. The Cardinals are terrible, whatever. I don't care. That's been us for the last six years, seven years. I don't care. Now, the fact that we're only like three or four games out of the division is directly because the AL Central is terrible. Do I care? No. (laughs) Let people have fun and enjoy things, okay? All right. This was a really solid weekend, though. And and the thing is, yes, you have the, the power stroke, which is obviously huge. Javi Baez continues to stay hot. Let's talk about Javi Baez for a second. Did you know that Javi Baez is in like the 80th percentile in K-rate? That's insane. Pretty much his entire career, he has been 20th percentile or worse when it comes to strikeout percentage. And this year, he is in like around the 80th. He has, I don't think he struck out all weekend. Actually, he's played six games in a row. This is via Codify on Twitter. Tweeted out going into Sunday's game that he had gone five consecutive games without a strikeout. That was the first time he had ever done that in his career. And then he didn't strike out on Sunday. Almost a week straight of zero strikeouts from Javi. And he got the power stroke, three home runs, a couple more over the weekend, a big one. Uh, on Saturday. Uh, Fantastic. Since the benching, he has an OPS of like around a thousand. Again, that's not like a week ago. The, the, the benching happened when we were two and nine, we're now 15 and 18. Like that we're, we're approaching a month sample size of that. 
Now, I'm not telling you he's going to have an OPS of 1,000, you know, after game 162. I'm sure he'll go on more cold streaks and then more hot streaks. But until the two defensive errors in the bottom of the sixth, pretty darn good weekend for Javi Baez. So great to see that. His OPS is climbing and climbing and climbing. Uh, I think it's over 700 now. So there you go. For a dude that... 12 games into the season, had an OPS of like 300. He has now recovered and is approaching a league average OPS because he's been on such a tear over the last three weeks. Beautiful stuff. Riley Green is pulling the ball in the air somewhat consistently. He still had a couple of ground balls to second base, but you're not going to completely eliminate those. Actually is hitting the ball in the air to the pull side at a very clutch two RBI double that was down the right field line and pulled in the air, uh, had it had two doubles over the weekend. It's a beautiful thing. I, I started crying. I, I shed multiple tears. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. So in the last like five games, he has a pull side Homer and multiple pull side doubles. And he had a poolside single as, as well at one point. Really starting to lift the ball, finally making adjustments as we knew he was, but it didn't make it any less frustrating. Awesome to see. Spencer Torkelson, great weekend. Not only with the home run, which he has power, like he really does. They didn't even look like he got all of that baseball. And it went 415 feet. Great to see him go yard again. Uh, but the biggest thing was timely hitting for Torque this weekend. He had so many clutch ABs, clutch ABs, uh, RBI machine, really good with runners in scoring position. Awesome to see. Now, as a team as well, runners in scoring position has been a talking point on this show for what? The entire season. So to see, like, they don't even need to be amazing. Like you really don't. You, you you don't. They're getting runners on base. They have been all year. You, you don't need to be like the Texas Rangers have some ridiculous like 340 batting average as far as a scoring position or something like that. You don't need to be that. Like you, you don't need that that unsustainably just ridiculous average. You just needed to not be like 189 or whatever it was a week ago. And now they're well over, well, not well over. They're over 200 heading in the right direction. But like on Saturday, they had 10 runners left on base and went five for 15 with runners in scoring position. That That's what? That's a third, right? 333 average? That, 333 average over the course of a season will get you one of the three or four best teams in baseball with runners in scoring position. That that I think a me, right now that would be the second best. And like I, I'm, we're not asking for that. They still had ten runners left on base and still failed nine times with runners in scoring position. You just need a little bit of timely hitting, and you can win a lot of ball games. And they had that, and the power stroke is finally. Has been here for the last week. Finally. Javi Baez, as we already talked about. Spencer Torkelson. Uh, Jake Rogers with the Grand Slam. Like, you, you, finally. The Tigers don't have the worst slugging percentage in baseball. Like, not even close. They're like, 
like 15 or 20 points ahead of 30th now. They're 28th even. (laughs) And I know the bar is on the floor. Like we're talking about not being dead last in something. But we have been dead last in that category for like the better part of a year and a half. And we're not the worst offense in baseball when it just comes to runs scored either. They passed the Miami Marlins. Uh, They are, I think, one run, two runs behind the Guardians. We obviously play them upcoming here. Vibes are high. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. What What a great weekend of baseball for all but half an inning. Okay, let's keep the ball rolling. We'll keep talking about good performances over the weekend. Uh, We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment three, third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Uh, So talking about some of the good standouts from the weekend. um, Obviously, we've already talked about Baez. We've talked about Green, who is now like has just been on a tear over the last week and is now betting 270. And his OPS is like right just under 700 again. Uh, which again, like I know that sounds ridiculous to be like celebrating OPSs that are approaching 700, but like when you compare them to what they were two weeks ago, three weeks ago, massive strides in the right direction. Eric Haas has been very valuable to this baseball team. Now he is without a doubt, still the second best catcher on this roster. Jake Rogers is unbelievable behind the dish and great at his job. But Eric Haas provides so much value to this team. Very sneaky fast for starters, which like is something that I think goes totally underlooked uh, a lot of time overlooked, I guess like all the time with him. He, he is very quietly like a, a kind of a, a speedy threat somewhat, not that he's Matt Veerling or anything, but really effective on the base paths can play, catcher when Jake Rogers it needs a day off or whatnot and also play a serviceable left field is it a massive plus defense out there no but it doesn't need to be when he's hitting and now his OPS is over 700 pretty comfortably over 700 at that uh and he is betting 277 on the year now Andy Abanez had a fantastic weekend after I whined and complained like a child a week ago about how no one who was doing well in AAA would get called up and do well. Andy Abanez took one series, the Baltimore series where he struggled. And ever since then has been hitting the ball really, really well Uh, was about what a foot, two feet away from a home run on Sunday. Uh, And, and he got playing time at third base. And I think let's talk Jonathan scope really quick. Cause he had another rough weekend. And and really, it seems like every weekend for the last calendar year has been rough for Jonathan Scope, unfortunately. Um, if Andy Abanez is, like, legitimately hitting, uh, and, like, Nick Maton has to do with that as well. He hasn't been great lately. He did have two hits on Saturday, both off of breaking balls. Again, I almost cried of happiness. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful to see. But obviously, we need to see that over a much longer sample size before we can have like confidence that that's a sustainable thing. Um, so between Maton and Abanez, if both of them are hitting decently, which again, 
Maton right now isn't, uh, then the scope date for DFA is only going to get sooner as those two specifically hit better. Now, neither of them were a week ago. Now Andy Abanez is. Again, Maton had a good day on Saturday, but still has a long way to go before he's kind of rejuvenated some confidence into uh, this organization and this fan base. Um, but I, I think the Jonathan Scope, like Memorial Day, yeah, like Memorial Day, probably. That's like a pretty common deadline. Uh, and then you can get out in front of like the service manipulation if it's Justin Henry Malloy or whatnot. But um, yeah, unfortunate because I think most people liked the extension at the time because he was one of the better hitters on the team when he signed pen to paper for that extension. Uh, but we're going on, you know, a, a season a world baseball classic and now the next season of still just zero end in sight to this cold spell. Um, so, which is uh, again, really unfortunate, really like the dude and he's given us great defense. And again, in those early days, 2020 and 2021, what was one of the bigger reasons on the team for, uh, for the, the little success that they did have, but um, just has not, found it really whatsoever uh, over the last year. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, Matt Veerling, 260 average now, uh, raising his OPS. He I, I, he made one defensive play on Sunday that I didn't like where he just like the ball was clearly his and he just really backed off and let Torkelson get it and Torkelson dropped it. Um, I, he's been a huge plus defender, like outs above average through the roof. One of the biggest plus defenders in baseball so far. So I want him to be more aggressive and take that ball. But everyone had a horrible defensive day on Sunday. Again, we'll just try to chalk it up to just, uh, you know, benefit of the doubt, which is scary with this team to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I'm going to do it and risk looking like a fool. Um, but offensively, I think he's been putting together some some pretty solid at-bats lately. Went over on a Sunday, but uh, his numbers are trending in the right direction over the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, yeah, just all around. The biggest thing for me with the offense this weekend and just dating back to the Mets series as well is just the approach. And we talk about it so much. Approach and execution are two different things that you need to marry to be successful. But the approaches are just objectively so much better than they've been in so long. Your working counts. You're you're not just getting three pitch strikeouts, eighty million. They're very, not very, way less half innings. Do I just go? Wow, that was the most uncompetitive inning I think I've ever seen at the plate. That was like every single half inning last season that we took the offense. Right this year, it, it, it's thankfully been a lot different. And, and again, they still leave a lot of runners on base. They still uh, aren't going to be like this huge home run threat, but they've proven that they don't need to be insane in either of those categories to, to win ball games. And the reason why is a, the bullpen's been great and B the starting pitching continues to be really solid. Matt Boyd with a quality start over the weekend. Uh, Spencer Turnbull again, did not look good, but the team was able to overcome it. They overcame that. They were losing twice in that game. They overcame a deficit two times. They came back twice in a game and still won. Last year's team rolls over. It's so nice to see some some competitive baseball. 
And again, I could care less how good the opponents are. Major league team and counts on the schedule. Check, check. Good enough for me. This Cleveland series is huge. Um, what else? Bullpen, Alex Lang. That's a bad man. That is a bad, bad man. I love him. And I think we all do very much and, and, and very quickly uh, are, are realizing that this dude is extremely legit. Uh, a dog performance over the weekend and was unavailable on Sunday. But, you know, he, he wasn't even supposed to go on Saturday. That was supposed to be a day off. But instead, they went to him three days in a row. Got the job done yet again. He's so nasty, so unhittable when his command is on. And uh, what did he say in the post-game interview? Chill and make pitches. Was that the was that the quote? He's the man. Jason Foley also pitched uh, over the weekend or on Saturday, rather. Um, that was probably one of the weaker performances of the year. Uh, his stuff just looked a little flat. The velocity wasn't terrible, but not nearly as much movement as we're used to, especially on that sinker. Again, that was three days in a row for him. He got Sunday off as well. Uh, so hopefully just uh, maybe like an overworked thing. They, they decide to go to their uh, their better relievers there in the second or in the last two innings of that game. Uh, so hopefully, again, not a, not a sign of things to come. I think the off day on Sunday will be good for them. But, and then they got another off day on Thursday. So hopefully we just get through this Cleveland series, and then we're, uh, we, we got another off day there. But um, that was fun. That was a fun week of baseball. I, I'm not going to let the bottom of the sixth ruin that. Looking ahead, you got Cleveland. Big series. Very big series. Then you have an off day. Then you have Seattle. Then you have another off day. Then you have a two-game set against Pittsburgh. Why does it feel like we always play two-game series against Pittsburgh in May? I feel like that we've been on that for like the last eight years. Then, after that stretch, so you have Cleveland, Seattle, Pittsburgh, all teams that are that are not like like Pittsburgh's been losing a lot in May. Uh, Cleveland is right around where you are so far this season, under 500. And Seattle off to a little bit of a slow start as well. But teams that are all very capable of winning ball games and have proven that. Uh, and then after that, you have Washington, Kansas City, Chicago White Sox. It's go win ball games, baby. I'm not, we're not going to call it winnable again, because we're, we're done with that word, but none of these teams have been world beaters in this season that you have due up over your next three series. Go make it happen. This one's in Cleveland, six o'clock start time on Monday, Tuesday, and then a day game, a one o'clock start on Wednesday. We'll be here for all of it. Anything else? Again, like weekend recaps, we don't go game by game anymore. We talk more in general. So I, I that's what Monday shows are going to look like from now on, I think. I think uh, that most people are kind of on board with that. Um, but just an awesome, awesome weekend. Awesome weekend. Five of your last six. Let's do a standings watch. I have not actually looked at the standings. I don't think one time in my entire tenure – of host of this show, which is approaching two years. Tigers are three games out of first place in the AL Central. They're 15 and 18. The AL Central is terrible. Ha, ha, ha. Laugh it up. Okay, we got that out of the way. Thank you. 
Uh, they have the best record in the AL Central over their last 10 games. Three games back. Cleveland half a game ahead of you at 16 and 18. And the Twins at the top there, 19 and 16. Cleveland and Minnesota just had a series against each other. Uh, and then the White Sox and, and the Royals are down there at the bottom. White Sox, man. We could talk forever about how dreadful their season's been. That's Saints. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow talking about game one of Cleveland. Get a little more nitty gritty with the uh, with the analysis, as always, because it's only going to be one game rather than uh, recapping a big chunk of three. But uh, yeah, awesome, awesome weekend. Erod's going this series in the finale as well. So, like, take just take one of the first two. You're going to set yourself up pretty darn nicely. All right? Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I will catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.